Welcome to the Executive Minds Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Shane Benson. Well, welcome to another episode of Executive Minds. I am uh, just thrilled to have Leslie Neslich with us today, and she is Director of Menu and Packaging for Chick-fil-A. And Leslie and I, our relationship goes way back. I think you were, I may have been in a van making milkshakes with you back when you were an intern. Yeah, 14 years. Yeah, and uh, my kids were a lot younger then. They idolized you guys in the back (laughs) of the van, like, oh my gosh, look at her. She's so successful. And I'm like, just wait. And here we are today. You have worked your way up through Chick-fil-A, Leslie, and you've done some incredible stuff to continue to help us build this brand that we love. But what I wanted to specifically pull you aside and talk about today, and I'm just so excited about this because one of the things I think you've been able to do is during your your tenure with Chick-fil-A, you have been able to surround yourself and your team uh, with really high-quality individuals to come and want to do work together. And especially in the season where oftentimes as leaders, I think we find ourselves, we've done really good work and that work has uh, enabled us to be, uh, to move up a corporate ladder. But at some point in time, you get to start picking your team and making selections and building a team together. And that's what you've done over the last couple of years. But your methodology for doing that is really, really good. And so I'm really excited for everybody listening today because Leslie has like this these five stages of interviewing that she does, and she's taken some best practices from leaders that she spent time with over the years to really come up with a great system and a way to attract and then build teams. And so I just want to say thanks and welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. I have to say I'm a little bit of a novice, even though I've had you know, 15 years or so experience working on different teams, this was really my first round at selection. And kind of my first step is really guiding principles. What is it that I'm looking for when I'm selecting candidates? And some of my mentors over the years, David Salyers in particular, helped me so much in this. But it's really, this is something I've heard a lot of people say, we become like those we surround ourselves with. And you better find people that are going to make you run faster, think differently, climb farther. They're just going to make you better in every aspect of your life. And as I started on this journey at the beginning of last year thinking, wow, I'm going to have to hire about four people to this team. Who's going to make me better? Who are the people that I literally want to come over and have dinner with us and who I want my kids to spend time with? Because the reality is I'm spending 40, 50 hour weeks Mm. plus with these folks. I got to really like them. And I need to make sure they're making me better. And um, so that's something that, you know, I think sometimes people, I've heard people are fearful of, oh, if I select a candidate that's better than me, what will happen? Like, will they end up taking my job? That's an awesome thing if you hire someone that's better than you because then the tide's going to rise for all. Or if they have unique skill sets and talents, then the tide's going to rise for all. So those are just some things that I started considering. And then as I was really thinking about the culture of our team, the core four that we had on our team last year, I was we just developed an unbelievable bond. And I thought, man, I need to bring in the best possible people for the three of them. 
for our core yeah. four team because the tides can rise for all, and I owe it to them to make sure we're really intentional about it. Well, I think you, you said it. something, too, that uh, really struck home for me is if you start thinking about the amount of time that you're going to oh, spend tons. with a team, you really want to spend it with people you enjoy doing life and work with. Yes. Um, because it's going to be, you know, it might be long nights. Oh. Um, it may be early mornings. But it will be an extended amount of time that you're going to be spending with some folks. So that hire is critical. And I love these um, kind of these stages that you're going to walk us through. But I kind of want to start with the fifth one. Yeah. Um, because you've got you got five stages. Yep. You talk about pre-work. Yep. You talk about being crystal clear on role clarity. You talk about praying for the right candidate, yep. asking the right questions. But you also, your fifth point is guiding principles. Let's start there because I think there's some really good stuff here in regards to, okay, if you're a listener and you're out there and you're thinking about, and this can pertain to not only making an official hire to your team, but as you also think about who do you want to invite to say like a project team, let's say you've been given a big project and you need to invite somebody into that to help you get that done. This might actually help you think through that. So let's start with some guiding principles. And the first one you talk about is this idea of if it's not a heck yes, it's a heck no. Oh, my God. Say more about that. Yes. So I had heard this. There was um, a gentleman that spoke at a conference I was at years ago, and he was like, if it is not a heck yes, it's a heck no. He used different language. And... (laughs) But I really, um, I really adopted that. And then last year I was. And having, what that means is, if you if you're if, interviewing this person yes. and it's not in your gut saying I've got to have this person, then it's a then definite. It's a heck no. Then I definitely don't don't need, to need hire this, this person. person. That's interesting. And one thing that took me a little bit of time, Shane, to understand was, you can learn. Like I interviewed a couple candidates that within 20 minutes I was like, heck no, absolutely not, done. <laughs> like we can just call this a day. But then there were some candidates, I'm like, man, I like you. I'm intrigued. It might take you a couple interviews to get to that, heck yes, I have to have you on my team. But at the end of it, if it's not, oh my gosh, I cannot fathom going through this next project or this next hiring cycle without you, then it's a no. So if it's It's not a a heck yes, it's It's a a heck heck no. no. I love that. And the hard thing is, is that sometimes... You have amazing people that you do work in life with, and it's really hard to tell them no. But the thing that really helped shift my perspective was if they're not a heck yes, then it's a heck no, and you have to treat them with honor, dignity, and respect and just say, I think you're awesome, but this honestly is not the best fit for you, and it's on you to tell them why. And then what really shifted it for me was if I hire someone who's on that border of heck yes, no, if I'm just not sure, if I hire them and then they come in and they're spending their life doing this job, but they're just average or they're doing okay, but they're not crushing it, who wants to spend their life in a job where they're just doing okay? Mm. I mean, yeah, You I talk can't. about that, that actually robs them of their life and potential. Yes. Um, and honestly, nobody yes. wants to do a job yes. like that. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, so that. that's where... It's not fun to have those conversations, but you owe it to the person if you truly care about them that it may or may not be the right thing. Well, and you talk about the importance of having these authentic and respectful conversations that yep. are hard yep. to do. You, you may not even want to do it, 
but ultimately that's the best thing for the candidate. Yes, exactly. It really is because then you're treating them with honor, dignity, and respect, and they might be able to go find the perfect role for them. Another thing that I don't know if this was David Salyers or my coach Jimmy that I work with, but he said, I want you to think of yourself as the head football coach, and when you're recruiting – you should be recruiting for the number one NFL draft pick. Mm. You should not be recruiting the really good high school quarterback. Because if you want your time to rise for all, go for the stars, shoot for the moon. And I will never forget David telling me, Leslie, shoot for the moon, shoot for the moon. And you know what? This time around, this first hiring cycle, I shot for the moon. And I remember one of the candidates I ended up selecting I was FaceTiming him and asking his perspective. He was up in a Chick-fil-A restaurant up in Washington, D.C., and I was asking his perspective, and I said, how's life? And somehow it came up that I had positions on my team. And in the back of my head, I thought, shoot for the moon. I was like, well, hey, if you ever want to come to the support center, you just let me know. And then that afternoon, he texted me. It was the day before the 4th of July, and he said, do you have a job description? And I literally dropped my phone. I thought, oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I have a job description. It's in your inbox already. (laughs) But um, you just got to shoot for the moon. Look for the number one NFL draft pick. And then something I really think a guiding principle is do they have a raw talent that can be developed? This gets more into the interviewing questions. But I looked at do they have natural talent that can be developed? They have to have skill sets, kind of that permission to play, the non-negotiables for the job. But then is there raw talent that can be developed? My leader now, Amanda, always says, you want somebody who can get promoted a level or two or has the trajectory to go on and continue to grow and develop. And if they don't have that raw natural talent, that doesn't mean they're not the right fit for the company or for your team. It just might not be the right fit for your specific role. Talk a little bit about the importance of, you know, any individual is going to come into a team, but you talk about this you want to create a team where yes, people yes. believe the best in yep. each other. Keep, yep. take the, yes. keep going. Yes. So this I stole straight out of David Salyer's playbook. But it's really you want to have a team where people believe the best in each other. You don't want to create a team. And when you're hiring, you don't want to have a team where people are saying, well, Leslie's 10 minutes late. Maybe she just doesn't care. Maybe she just doesn't think about it. You want them to naturally assume positive intent and truly believe the best. I believe the best in Shane. I know you, like, of course I would believe the best in you. And if you believe the best in someone, and then you want the best for each other. And I think this is so important. The jockeying for roles and trying to look like the star, I hate that. I can't stand that because nobody wins then. Then you're working against each other instead of for each other. Mm -hmm. So my team, I'm like, hey, if somebody gets a rollout approval or if somebody hits a huge win, we all win because that's our team. And that's wanting the best for each other. Mm. And then I think if you truly build a culture where you believe the best in each other and want the best for each other, you can really look across the table and hold each other accountable and say, okay, now I'm going to expect the best from you because Mm. our whole team's reputation is on the line. And if you're not pulling your weight, like I'm going to challenge you on that, but you don't have the right or there's not the trust to challenge that person until they really know, hey, Leslie believes the best in me, and she wants the best for, for me. For me, right. That, so therefore, are, I can ask, I can ask for the best from you. From you, yep. Sounds like a really good football team. You made that hey, na- analogy. I, I totally agree, and um, I love these principles, this heck yes, heck no. 
being authentic and respectful in these hard conversations, actually being more intentional about what's best for the candidate because this is what they're going to be giving their life to. And so you want this to be fulfilling for them. And then creating this team where we believe the best in each other, we want the best for each other, and we expect the best from From each each other. other. Uh, Love that. Those are some really, really good principles. And again, think about your think of yourself as this college football you know coach you're trying to recruit the best candidates that can be number one draft picks at yeah. some point in time yeah. um, and you that way you're looking for that raw talent that then you can develop and the fact that you kind of go into this interviewing process with these guiding principles I think is a really good lesson for us as leaders like what are your guiding principles as you're developing a team that way when you start to get into the interviewing process um, it these things will come to mind as you kind of enter into the process so Great stuff. What great way to kick us off. Um, talk a little bit about the pre-work that you do to get ready for yeah. interviewing and selections. Yep. So I'll be 100% transparent. This was my really the first time that I've had to interview and hire candidates for my individual team. I've had to assemble project teams before. I've had to hire interns, contractors, but this was different. So I basically went and thought, who are these? So I want to stop right there, and here's why. Yeah. The reason I want to stop there is I don't want people to underestimate what you learned in putting project teams together, right? Oh, my stars. So actually what you're sharing today are really good examples of things that you can be thinking about even if you're putting together a project team because you can use the same type of principles and you can think about this pre-work and these, these, these steps that you're taking. So just as a reminder, just because you may not be hiring a team right now, you may be putting a team together to do some work so these things can help for yes, sure. Absolutely. You've learned all of that yeah. as you kind of went through this process. Yeah, that's great. absolutely. So what I did was if you want to grow in a skill or an area, you find the best of the best and you follow them. I mean, I think if you want to be the best quarterback in the world, who are you watching video from? I mean, as much as I love the Atlanta Falcons, Tom Brady crushes it. So, like, I would watch. How does Tom Brady train? What does he or do? Peyton Manning. Or Peyton, I mean, Manning. Peyton Manning. Okay, fans, I'll give you Peyton so Manning. That's, that's good. Um, But so I went and found some folks that I just think the world of and who have been mentors for me, who have a great reputation of hiring people. And I'm like, oh, that's such a great principle. Hey, what did you do? Like, you've done this for 30 plus years. You've put project teams together for 30 plus years. Steve Robinson, you led the marketing department for 35 years. What did you do to find these candidates? And then I just sat down and spent intentional time with them. David Salyers and I spent about three hours in March, and I went through... What's the culture you went in mind with and you wanted to create? Um, What are the questions you Mm. asked each person? What's the motivation behind each question? I found the strongest and best and said, what do you do? Shane, that's great. So the lesson there really from pre-work is spend some time with some folks in your organization that you have watched over time making really good selections and ask them, hey, simply, what do you do to find great people? Um, that's a really good lesson. The other things that you've talked about, I've heard you talk about, is you know, look at old interview guides. Pick out. The, I mean, you could. There's a there's a bazillion questions that you could ask, 
But prior to going in the interview, what are your top 10 questions that you like to have? And one of the things that I'm going to be excited about sharing, especially in uh, some of the show notes, are some of these questions that you've mined over the years and you've kind of got your top 10 list. You know, you've got those questions that your go-to questions. What are those for you specific to the roles that you're looking for? Because I think those can be really helpful. But you need to know what those are ahead of time. You can't just wing it in an interview. Um, You need to have some questions that force that candidate to go deep in their response. And I I love the fact that you've done that in some of your pre-work. Talk a little bit about knowing exactly what you're looking for, specifically the clarity of the role that you're looking for, how important that is kind of going into that interview, why that's important. That is essential. And I would say that's where it's hard and you're going to have to beat it up and wordsmith and massage, but really you need to be really, really clear on what you're looking for because there are a significant number of great candidates out there. But let's say you're putting together a project team and one of the things you need is somebody with that really strong financial mind who can crunch the numbers. If you're not super, And enjoys crunching And enjoys right, it. Right. If you're not super clear on that, you might get somebody who's good, but they're never going to crush it. I will never forget... I had a candidate who kept saying, I want to be a category lead. I want to be a category lead. I met with him and I said, hey, I want, this is one of my questions. I want you to describe, wave your magic wand, describe your perfect week at work and describe your nightmare week at work. And so well respected, highly thought of. When he described his nightmare week at work, I thought, oh my gosh, you just described my job. (laughs) Literally, like every single thing he said, he's like, oh, this would just drain me. I wouldn't be encouraged. I I wouldn't be excited. I guess that turned into a heck no. (laughs) It turned into a heck no. I'm like, I'm for you as a person, but you will hate this job. And I think that role clarity on the front end. Well, there's a couple things there. I mean, it's a great lesson because you're. When you're super clear about what the role is and what the role is not, yes, it allows you to identify the best candidate. But more importantly, I think it actually allows the candidate to realize, oh, this may not be the best job. I would actually be miserable at this. Exactly. And I think that goes back to your earlier point. You, you know, role clarity is super helpful in identifying the right person, but also for the person to self-opt out is to be able to go, oh, I had no idea. I thought the role was this, and it's really this. I need to opt out of the process. And I had a couple people do that after talking with me, and they were like, I said, well, tell me more. Why is it you want this job? And the things they explained, and I just said, hey, I got to be really candid with you. Everything you just described is almost non-existent in this role. Like, there might be one or two things, but are you Mm. sure, sure, sure you want this? Because the last thing I want is for somebody to come onto this team and then feel like they just got punched in the face. Like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm doing? So um, just being really crystal clear. And then I think it's really important to figure out the non-negotiable skills and then the skills that they can grow into. So for my specific role, I was like, hey, we manage projects. We roll out new tests, menu items. You have got to crush it at project management. Our job is so much more than project management, but if you can't move the ball down the field one step at a time in a consistent method, you're never going to do well. And I even had a candidate. I said, well, how are you with details? How are you with managing tasks and moving the ball forward? And she's like, that's definitely a development opportunity. I've been shared with that feedback. And I said, okay, then this is definitely not the role for you. 
and because you knew because that you were super clear that you had yeah. to be detail oriented in this specific role yep. that you were interviewing. Yeah. Wow, that's really and if good. it's hard to figure out what those specific roles are, ask a coach, ask a mentor, and an advisor. Amanda is who I report to. We spent so much time on clarifying these roles. I work with a coach, Jimmy Starnes. You guys have had him on the show before, but he really helped me. And then there's a great book called FYI, For Your Improvement, and it has specific skills and capabilities and then literally lists out qualities, characteristics, where they're talented, where it's you know a baseline strength or where they actually need development. Reading through that really helped me get clear on what were those critical roles that I needed for my team. Well, and, and again, I love the fact that you're – identifying what those non-negotiable skills are and then what those developmental skills would need to be. Um, and again, that comes back to being super clear as to what it is that you need in the specific role that you're looking for. So again, kind of going back to no matter where you are as a leader, you know, if you're trying to put a team together, who are the people sitting around the table? What specific skills do you need each person or role to play and then go out and select people for those specific skills. And that helps them be successful. It'll ultimately help your team be successful. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. Um, you talk about the power of asking the right question. I want to spend a little bit of time here before we get to your last point, um, because you've got some great questions here. They're really good. And again, we're, as a reminder, we'll put some of this on the show notes, but Let's go through some of your favorites. You've got probably 15 questions here, but I want you to pick one or two that you just love to ask almost every candidate. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so I will tell you this. We focus, I like to focus on the three C's because you can ask anyone anything, but I want to make sure, does this person have the right character? Are they of high moral character? Are they competent? Can they really do the skills of this job? You can figure that one out pretty quickly. And then how are they going to interact with my team? So, so the chemistry. The chemistry mm -hmm. is essential. So um, character. Character, chemistry, competency. Got it. I think competency questions, you can ask, hey, explain a time when. There's, you know, we'll link some of those in the show notes. I think it's a lot harder to unpack character. So some of my favorite character questions, this is one that I absolutely love is, Tell me about a time you've gone above and beyond for someone. Mm, and then just you leave just it at that. leave it at that. And what comes out is, I mean, I've had and, everything. And, wow, that's It's good. like I've had everything from this is when my grandfather died and my, I went and unpacked my grandmother's house and we packed it up and we did this and we went through and cataloged to this was the sales and marketing pitch I did for this company. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's, wow, that's the mood. Okay. Great. You just learned so much about a person's heart when you ask them, tell me about a time you've gone above and beyond for and someone. And specific to what you're looking for, you are looking for people that have a heart to serve. To serve. For um, my role. In, yes. in the role that you have, you are probably more than likely not going to get a lot of pats on the back. You need to have a bias for serving other people yeah. and helping other people look really good, yeah. Um, and getting being successful, and a lot of times that comes without a lot of recognition. Yeah. So if you don't have a bent yeah. for serving for people serving and going spirit. above and beyond, you may not be it's the right. Probably fit. not the right fit, and that person would get frustrated. Exactly. That's so really interesting. That's one for me. I also love. Tell me about a time you've had a complex issue and you've had to explain it to someone who is not familiar with the topic. Here's why. Communication, again, for 
I think, honestly, any role in any field, you have to be able to communicate your ideas. We've talked about that so much on this podcast. But if they can take a really complex idea and shuck it down and communicate it in 90 seconds, I've got something there. When I studied um, in school, I studied television. And in journalism, they would teach us, you have 90 seconds to capture an audience and share, here's the story, here's the content, here's the outcome. If they can do that in a really clear and concise manner, I think there's something there. So for you, that is a question that you ask this idea of, hey, take a, take, describe a time when you've had to take a complex issue and explain it to somebody that doesn't, that know, doesn't about the topic. know what topic is. That is a way for you to kind of dive into a competency yes. that you need on your team, the yep. ability to communicate very quickly and succinctly. Yep, exactly. Wow, that's good. Yep, that's yep. Good. Um, another one that I absolutely love is if you could wave your magic wand, what is your dream job? And then what's the nightmare job? And then you just let them answer. And I think you really get to see what does this look like? Is this really the right job? Because you can have an idea of what you think they think the role is, but hearing them describe this is what would energize me, this is what would fulfill me, this is what would excite me, here's what I would actually really hate. Yeah, I love that because, so again, what you're doing there is there's a couple things, really. As that candidate currently understands the role, mm -hmm. what you're asking them to do is paint what they think this ideal week would look like yeah. in as, as it pertains to yeah. that role. Yeah. So what you're doing very quickly is getting a, a really good understanding. First, do they understand the role? Right. Secondly, do they have the personality bent to, that would love doing this role as it pertains to their dream week? What would that look right. like? And the opposite of that, describe a disaster. What, what would a week look like if it were a disaster? Um, and you get a really good indicator. Like, for example, if your job was very a super technical job mm -hmm. and all they talked about was, well, a disaster week would be, man, if I was forced to look at spreadsheets all day and, and crunch, get into numbers. crunch numbers and get into the details – man, and I wasn't around people and able to interact, you would be able to help them opt out. Um, and that, that, to me, I think is really, really critical. Yeah. So I love this idea of if you could wave a magic wand. Wave a magic dream wand. Job look yeah. Like? That's really good. And then my last, I have so many, but this one I thought was so, it's pretty bold to ask, but you get some unbelievable answers and it shares so much about people's hearts immediately. Um, and this really boils down to the character. And then I like I like to look for people who have grit. Like, do you have grit? Are you going to, like, work, hustle? Push through. Push right. through. Let's drive for it. But I tell them, hey, start at birth or your earliest memory and go until today. What are the experiences that you've had that have made you into the person you've become? Mm. And what comes out is, you know, everything from, you know, I had a candidate share, hey, you might notice a gap in my resume. My mom passed away. I had to go and clean out her house. I took some time. And in my mind, what I'm thinking there is she cared for her family. She was financially stable enough to take off six months to have the margin to do that. If she's that good of a store with her own money, she's going to be a great store with our money. Mm. And so, I mean, you just learn so much when you just say, hey, Tell me, what are the experiences that have made you into the person you well, are? Well, you've said this a couple of times, but what I also think is really important and it's a really good reminder, I encourage young leaders to invite somebody into an interview on the very first couple that you do 
and measure and clock the amount of time that you talk versus the candidate talks. And you've said it a couple of times. I just asked the question and then we rest in the silence yep. or we rest in the conversation that we begin to have. Because if you're not careful, sometimes I'm guilty of this. You get so engaged with their story that you actually start talking more. And it reminds you of a time when you did something and you start talking. And, yeah, you walk away and you feel like, oh, we just had a really good friendship there, a really good conversation. But you really do have to hit the pause yeah. and be quiet. Yeah. And I think that's really helpful. I don't want to let you get away without talking about this one last question because I thought you were going to go there, and I thought it was a really good question. And and the question was this, and I wanted to know where you got it. Yeah. What is the most create? Oh, excuse me. What is the most courageous decision mm. you've ever made? Yeah. I love that question. Yes. And how did you get to that question, and why is it important for you to ask it? So, what is the most courageous decision you've ever made? I spent time with Steve Robinson this summer, who was our former, was our former chief, marketing chief marketing officer, officer. Chick Fil A, and that was his question. And he said that just speaks to so much of. Can you be courageous? Can you make decisions? Can you move forward? Sometimes if you're going to fail, can you learn from it? And are you vulnerable enough to say, this was a really courageous decision? He's like, I don't care what the outcome was, but were you courageous in being able to stand out and go forward and Mm. think about, you know? And it's specific to the role that you're asking people to do. You know, you're over menu and packaging. There's some you know, there can be some controversial oh decisions on whether to move forward on a product, whether to stop moving forward on a product. When do we, I mean, change a cup, change a package when you've got millions of customers that love the current packaging? You've got to be courageous to walk in front of our executive team and say, I'm making this recommendation and here's the reason why. And this is what I think we should do. So specific to your role I could see the value of that question, but I could see that value of asking that question for any leader. For anyone. And yeah. I think it just shows how vulnerable and transparent people can be. Are they willing to be authentic and really share? Because you know what? Sometimes the most courageous decision is to say, hey, we screwed up. We launched a product and it wasn't the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. We changed it. Do you know how painful that was to say, yeah, that was my test? David and, yeah. actually, David Farmer, who... <laughs> helped uh, lead that decision actually has a podcast about that. Yeah. So um, I'd encourage you to, to listen to that. It's was really good. I was category lead <laughs> and then was on maternity leave when it rolled. And that was, that was hard. But I think sometimes you just have to say, I'm vulnerable and this is, I'm trying to be courageous. You know, yeah. we're called Josh, I think it's Joshua 1, 9, be bold, be courageous, do not be fearful or afraid. You got to step out on faith and be courageous. Mm. And it might mean, hey, I might be standing alone here or it might mean, hey, this was a miss, mm. and I got to own it. Yeah, you got to be courageous to admit that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So whatever that. comes out in that interview would be pretty telling. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I love these questions. Again, we'll put more of these questions on the show notes for sure, but I, I did want to make sure that you were able to get to your final point, yeah. and I think this is an important one. Uh, and for you specifically, you talk about the importance of just praying about these decisions. Oh Say a little bit more about that. Prayer in this season, I, I don't know how I would have gotten through this. Um, I literally got on my knees multiple times and just prayed, God, give me wisdom. Please bring the right people into our life and into our team, and please make it abundantly clear, are they the right person? And if I could offer anybody any encouragement, it would be do not 
sacrifice and just hire somebody because you need the body. Mm -hmm. And I realize that's so much easier said than done, but we were down four headcount last year on a team. You needed bodies. We needed bodies. It would have been so easy to just say, take them. They're here. They can do it. And it wasn't the right thing. So I just prayed that God would continuously give me wisdom and make it abundantly clear when it was the right hire. And that if it was not abundantly clear, then it was the heck no. Mm. And a book that really helped me was um, Draw the Circle, the 40-day mm-hmm. prayer challenge. I'll be totally honest. It took me 80 days to get through. But I started it August. It's a 40-day book. But 40 it took day me, book, I love the courage in that. You just admitted that. I'm like, it's fine. I have a two and a three-year-old. Like, we yeah. are not, <laughs> I'm not getting through this <laughs> as quickly as I wanted to. But I did. The entire season that I was interviewing, I prayed every day. And I read my book about every other day and would mm, try to do my devotion good. to just say, give me wisdom. James 1, 5, whoever, you know, if you ask for wisdom, it shall be given to you. And I had a candidate who thought the world of, and we've ended up selecting her, but I was just like, does she really want this job? I needed to really make sure. And we took her to lunch as a team. And it was like, I mean, I almost had tears in my eyes at the lunch. It was so amazing. I was like, Yes. That was the sign. Yes. Abundantly clear. And over Thanksgiving, I had prayed. I was like, God, I love this girl. She's a rock star. I want her to make a really good strategic move, and I want it to be the right fit for her. And I think it is, but I just need to like help make this abundantly clear. And I think if you pray those bold prayers, God will answer. You know, uh, I think it was Andy Stanley that said, pray for the wisdom to see the right choice. Mm -hmm. And the courage to make the right choice, even if it's hard. And I love, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to make people decisions. These are some of the most significant decisions that we'll make as leaders. They can make or break uh, you as a leader because it can really frustrate you or it can just catapult you. It can create momentum in your team or your project. And so praying for the wisdom to see the right choices in regards to people decisions, and then to have the courage to make that choice, even if it's hard. And that sometimes is the no, the heck no. Sometimes it's the, you know what? I just trust in my gut that this is the right person and not maybe not everybody sees it for whatever reason, but you've got a gut that says, heck yes. Heck yes. You got to go for it as a leader. And so... I so appreciate. I just time has flown by. I can't believe it. So, um, Leslie, thank you for not only what you mean to Chick Fil A, but what you mean to me as a friend. And uh, thanks for helping so many people out there that may be listening today or over the, the coming weeks about you know selecting and interviewing folks because it's one of the most important things that we get to do as leaders. So, appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. 